Hey there, this is Jamie from Stonemaier Games, and I am so excited today to talk about some of my favorite games and a few other categories from 2022. So this list, today's list, is kind of the big one. This is the list of new-to-me games that were released or widely available in 2022. And there are a few games on this list that are a little debatable there. Like maybe they came out at the very end of 2021, but the point is they weren't widely available until 2022. And uh, yeah, I have, I have a lot to talk about today. I'll talk about games, talk about my favorite mechanisms in those games. Before I get to those games, I have a few other categories I'll hit really quick. The first is um, Stillmeyer Games, the company that I, that I help run. Uh, we had some new releases this year. We had a, a little game called Smitten, our first cooperative game. This was a little one to two player cooperative game that I designed. Um, we had a new edition of Between Two Cities, the Between Two Cities Essential Edition, which combines the, uh, the original between two, uh, between two Cities and the expansion together in one box. And along with that, we also had Wingspan Asia. Wingspan Asia is a few things. It's an expansion for Wingspan. It's also a standalone game for one to two players using the special duet mode. Um, I'm loving this game so far. Game slash expansion. And we had a new version of the classic game Libertalia. Libertalia Winds of Galecrest is our version of it. There's so much fun to work with Paolo on this game. This is a uh, simultaneous game for one to six players where you are simultaneously choosing a pirate to play and uh, pirates activate their abilities. They gain some loot. They come back to the ship. And uh, yeah, I just, it, I had a lot of fun working on this game and I still have a lot of fun playing this game. So that's Libertalia. Uh, we also had Viticulture World. I forgot to get out that box. But yes, Viticulture World is our uh, big cooperative expansion for Viticulture. Um, if you like a difficult cooperative challenge with a lot a lot of asymmetry in terms of what you're competing against, what you're kind of doing during the game. Um, there are a bunch of different modules that we have in the game that you can play against or play on different continents in Viticulture World, hence the name. So those were the Stonemaier releases from this year. Oh, we also had a bunch of Rolling Realms promos released this year. We had, uh, we had the Arc Nova promo, uh, Architects of the West Kingdom. And each of these is essentially a mini game on its own. Micro Dojo, we have a Smitten one, we have a Feast for Odin one, and a Honey Buzz one, and also uh, one for Libertalia as well. Uh, so yeah, a lot of fun creating those promo realms with, uh, with Corel, who is, who's become the design lead for the Rolling Realms promos. That's Stonemaier stuff. Favorite expansions. So my favorite expansions from the past year, and really these are probably all of the expansions that I played in the last year. I didn't play a ton of expansions in 2022. I played a few magic sets. I consider Magic the Gathering sets to be expansions, even though they do stand alone. There was Kamigawa Neon Dynasty and Dominaria United. I really enjoyed both of those sets. Um, I, I played the Aquatica expansion for the first time. That was probably a release before 2022, but I played it for the first time this year. Um, the Rise of Ix became widely available in 2022. That's a Dune Imperium expansion. I really enjoy that. And uh, the Kittens, I wrote Kittens and Boats here. Kittens and Beasts, not Kittens and Boats. Uh, kittens and Beasts expansion for the Isle of Cats. I've had a lot of fun with that as well. Um, previously mentioned, I talked about, I had a previous video about my favorite sequels and new additions from 2022, and I'll mention the top five real quick. Libertalia Winds of Galecrest, Clank Catacombs, Castles of Mackin Ludwig Collector's Edition, Terra Nova, and Marvel Dice Throne. And also, I had a recent list of my favorite new-to-me games that were released or widely available before 2022. My top five there were Savannah Park, Nirvana, So Clover, Rumble Nation, and Skull King. I also played a few digital games in 2022. 
Uh, this is I, I play a fair number of game, uh, tabletop games digitally on Board Game Arena, but it's rare that I play a game that is pretty much only available as a digital game. Um, I want to do that a little bit more in 2023, I think. And I really, I think I only played three of them. I have three on this list, but I enjoyed all of them quite a bit. I enjoyed Marvel Snap, Dicey Dungeons, and Inscription. Those are the three that I played in 2022 and really enjoyed. I have videos about all three of those. Uh, a few other quick lists here before I get to the top 10. 2022 releases that I haven't had the chance to try yet that I'm the most eager to try. Endless, or Endless Winter, First Rat, Heat, Soulforge Fusion, Oathsworn, Revive, Marvel Remix, Foundations of Rome, and War of the Ring, the card game. So you won't see any of those games on this list because I haven't played them yet, but I do look forward to playing them in 2023. And uh, a couple more here. 2023 releases that I'm the most excited to play, if these games end up actually coming out in 2023, are Earthborn Rangers, The Seventh Citadel, Mythwind, Star Realms, Rise of the Empire, Sleeping Gods, Distant Skies, Steam Up, Race to the Raft, Chicken, the new role-player adventures expansion, Elevensies, Sagrada Artisans, The Fox Experiment, Nomadic Gardeners, Robomon, uh, First in Flight, Library Labyrinth, Ra, Bark Avenue, Trailblazer, Tidal Blades 2, Blazon, Soul Raiders, Tranquility the Ascent, Heck and Hounds, and Darwin's Journey. We have some uh, some ambassador picks. So Stonemaier Ambassadors picked games that uh, that could apply for this list, and their picks are in it looks like alphabetical order here: Ark Nova, Carnegie, Dead Reckoning, Endless Winter, First Rat, Flamecraft, Foundations of Rome, Guild of Merchant Explorers, Heat, Pedal to the Metal, ISS Vanguard, Lacrimosa, Mosaic, Planet Unknown, Revive, Three Sisters, Twilight Inscription, Wayfarers of the South Tigris, Weather Machine, and Wonderland's War. So those were the ambassador picks. And finally, we have picks from my coworkers. Susanna's favorite, a new, uh, so these are, these are 2023 releases. Um, Susanna's pick was Guild of Merchant Explorers. Joe and Dave both picked Cat in the Box. Alex picked Scout, Ark Nova, and War of the Ring, the card game. And Morton picked Ark Nova. Some honorable mentions that didn't quite make the top 10. And this was, this was I have to say, a really, really tough list to cut down on. I'm, I'm, I had a lot of fun with games in 2022, and uh, these are all really, really good games. So um, I, I, I feel bad relegating them to the honorable mentions list where they won't get the same attention as the top 10. But really, these are great games. I have videos about all of them. If any of them intrigue you, go check them out. Dead Reckoning, a fantastic pirate-slash-merchant adventure on the high seas game with some strong Euro elements. If you like Scythe, I think you'll like Dead Reckoning. Gift of Tulips, a really interesting stock game using, uh, using flowers. Uh, the Siege of Rundar, this is a great cooperative game, a great cooperative puzzle, such simple mechanisms that, uh, that really have you, that feeling like you are fighting with your friends against these orcs that are invading and you're just trying to get out, you're a dwarf trying to get at least one piece of gold out of this fortress that you're, that's being besieged. Starship Captains, a really great mission-based game um, with strong Euro elements. Wayfarers of the South Tigris, probably one of the heaviest games that I played this year, but like any Garpale game, it's really, really well designed, and I love the panoramas used in the game. You're, you're just creating these vast panoramas that look fantastic on the table. Wicked and Wise, it was really, I mean, this was a fantastic game, um, fantastic trick-taking game, really, really innovative game. I've now played it with two players and with four players in team mode. I enjoy both of them quite a bit. 
If you like trick-taking games, I highly recommend trying Wicked Wise. Fun Facts. Fun Facts is a game that's super simple. I just played it this past weekend for the first time, and we played it for hours, where you are, um, everyone is asked a question, and everyone writes down a numerical answer to that question. It's not a trivia game. You're writing down a personal answer to a question, and then you're trying to order each person's answer in ascending order numerically without knowing what those numbers are. You only know who wrote down the answer. It's a great getting to know you game. It's a great like starter for a game night. Fantastic game. Fun facts. Wonderland's War. This came so close to making the top 10. I really enjoyed my one play of Wonderland's War so far, um, but I haven't got it gotten it back to the table yet. I love bag building. I love um, the little area control battles and what they mean for each round in Wonderland's War. I look forward to playing it again. Really close to making this top 10. As was Creature Comforts, which I just played at three players for the first time yet yesterday. I haven't even filmed my favorite mechanism video of it yet, but I really, really enjoyed this game. Uh, it's a great worker placement game with a little bit of dice added in there. Resource collection, you're building some things. So there's engine building, there's an order completion that also enhances the points for your other cards. And it just, it, it feels really good to play. It was really pleasant to play. I look forward to playing it again. I think maybe the one thing that will hold it back a little bit is that at higher player counts, and it does play up to five, there's a fair amount of downtime between turns. And so that's why, that, that's probably the only reason that it didn't quite make the top 10. I, I probably would not play Creature Comforts above three players. But still, really, really good game. I look forward to playing again. And last, this is maybe the toughest game to, to, to cut, Scout. Uh, Scout is a game that came out really late in 2021, but it came widely available in 2022. Uh, it's a wonderful ladder climbing game with a great hand management system. Really, you're not you're not entirely managing your hand. You're deciding when to insert cards into your hand, and you have to you can't change the order of your, the cards in your hand. I love Scout. I will gladly always play it, but uh, but there were ten games that I would probably pick over Scout in the future, um, and so it got it just barely bumped out of the top ten. Let's jump into the top ten though. At number ten is a game called Trick Takers. This one caught me off guard. I had no idea that this game existed. It is essentially uh, the game Root, with like how vast the asymmetry is in the game, but with trick-taking. And so each player has an asymmetric character that they are, they are using for that round. Um, and, uh, and, and that character has a very, very different style of play, a very different way to win, to have instant win conditions, to score points, than the other characters. And I'm talking like vastly different ways of playing and scoring points. And one of the coolest things about this game that differentiates it from a game like Root, in my opinion, is that you play multiple rounds of Trick Takers, and in each round, you select a different character to use. So you aren't locked into that asymmetry for the entire game. Rather, you have to try out these new characters based on your hand, too. So you get to see your hand of cards and then choose the character that hopefully you want if someone else hasn't selected that character that best fits your hand. It is a very difficult game to play because not only are you managing your own asymmetry, but you have to pay attention to all the different other things that other players are doing. And the game also isn't truly widely available, but you can order it through some game stores. But it's just, it's addictive to try to play these different characters. Um, every time you play, every time I've played, I've wanted to try one more character, play one more time, play one more character, and, uh, and try, to, try to max and pick the right character to match the hand. It's a great game. If you like asymmetric games, if you like trick-taking games, I highly recommend Trick Takers. That's my number 10 game of 2022. And number nine is First Ascent. This is a game of rock climbing uh, that is so good at capturing that theme of rock climbing, but it also combines some really, really satisfying mechanisms. You're, you're basically just moving up this mountain. You're trying to climb up this mountain, and it uses a bit of 
I don't quite want to call it set collection, but you're you're combining some icons that make it possible for you to move on to the next hex, whether you're going up or down or sideways, wherever you decide to go to move up this hill to gain points. And there are some points at the top of the mountain as well. The coolest thing about this game, though, and I talk about this in my mechanism, uh, and really there's a lot of stuff I could talk about, but my, my favorite mechanism is that as you use uh, one of the four different skill categories, there are four different skill categories that, that you're playing cards onto your mat here. You can see it very small right here. Um, the more you use them, the better you get at those skills. And so if you use four of the same, if you have played four cards into one of those skill categories, you wipe those cards or you may wipe those cards and you gain a permanent skill token for that category. I love this element of a, it's not even, First Ascent is not a skill testing, a skill test game, but it does have these skills in it. And I would love to see this mechanism in other skill test games as well, or other, other games that have skill tests in them. The idea that if you simply do a thing a lot, you permanently upgrade your ability to take that skill. It isn't abstracted. It's more like real life. If I go rock climbing four days in a row or four weeks in a row, I'm going to get better at rock climbing. So my rock climbing skill should improve. It's such a great addition to this game. And that's just one of many, many mechanisms that make me eager to get this game back to the table. First Ascent is my number nine game of 2022. My number eight favorite game of 2022 is one that I... Just got back from a friend who borrowed it, The Adventures of Robin Hood. Again, this is a game that came out really late in 2021, but I think it was widespread, widely available in the U.S. at least in 2022. This is a short campaign game. I believe it was five or six games of the campaign. And uh, it's a cooperative game. Megan and I played it together and had a blast with it. Part of the fun of it is that the board is a bit like an advent calendar where you're popping pieces out of the board and revealing new stuff and using the board to track information from game to game. Uh, I think that's really, really cool, especially the surprise reveal and the fact that that board is completely resettable. It isn't a legacy game. But also the bag building mechanisms in this game are really fun and interesting. The way that you're, the different reasons that you're pulling tokens out of bags at different times to either have successes to determine player order really clever use of, of bag building in the adventures of robin hood we just had a lot of fun with it it's not a complex game oh and the storybook is fantastic too the storybook there's a, a big book that that really looks like a, a real book let's see if i can pull it out real quick um uh yeah here we go here's the book like it is a beautiful hardcover book that uses some ribbons here you can see those ribbons to mark different pages that you've been on and where you need to go and what you need to refer to and all of the rules are included in that book to get started in this game all you need to do is read the basic movement rules like all you have to do to start the game is read this one page and then from then on the the uh that book that hardcover book walks you through everything that you need to do and remember throughout the game. So it made it really easy to revisit the game, even if we hadn't played it for a few weeks, to go back and, and play the next scenario. The Adventures of Robin Hood, fantastic mini campaign game. I highly recommend it. That's my number eight game of 2022. And number seven is Dog Park. Dark Park, I think, has been compared to Wingspan a little bit, but they're very different games, except for the fact that there's such a wide variety, a vast variety of different dog cards in this game. And in that way, I get the same collectible feel that I get from when I play Wingspan, um, but from dogs. And there's so many different breeds of dogs. You can see some of them here. So many different breeds of dogs that you can, that you can explore and learn about. Um, it's one of those games where there are times where I just see a dog that looks fun or cute or a dog that I, I know that dog in real life or that type of dog in real life, and I just want it in my in my collection of dogs, the dogs that I'm 
that I'm uh, uh, walking in this game because it's a game about walking dogs. Um, it has a it has a few different mini games in it. One of them is this uh, one way action selection track. I love that mechanism in games. You can see it right here. That's when you actually take the dogs for a walk. Um, there's also this like mini engine building in that every time you take dogs for a walk, you decide which dogs you want to take if you can entice them to go on the walk with you. And that's your engine for that round. But then those dogs are set aside. You may not have to walk them again for the rest of the game if you don't want to. And so I like this little like you're, you're building an, an engine for that specific round and then reconfiguring it for future rounds. And I also really, really like the goals in the game. Um, these goals for different getting different breeds and you get uh, you you randomly randomly place these cards or uh, uh types of dogs they're not breeds categories of dogs you put these cards out here and they're worth different points at the end of the game if you have the most in any of those categories it's just a pleasant beautiful game it's easy to get to the table it's easy to, uh, to teach and go through um i've had a blast playing dog park in 2022 and that's why it's my number seven favorite game of this year the next game I just played for the first time yesterday. I've only played it once. So there might be some newness to why I put this game on the list, but I really, really enjoyed my first play and I can't wait to play again. And that is Bullet. Uh, Bullet is a game, again, I haven't even done a video about Bullet yet, but Bullet, I, I played it two players. You can play it up to four players. You can also play it solo or cooperatively. We played a two player dueling version of Bullet. And in Bullet, you have an asymmetric character. See the characters here. And they're, uh, a mat that goes along with them, uh, their character mat, and, um, and their ability mat. It's a little tough to describe this game, but basically you are drawing tokens out of a bag and putting them uh, where, you, where you must put them based on their color. There are five different color, uh, columns here of different colors. You must put the token in, that, in one of those rows based on the color and based on the number on that token. And you're doing that in such a way for two reasons. One, you are trying to prevent those tokens from getting down to the bottom or that you draw any token that would go down to the bottom. Um, and that takes one of your, the, your, your lives from your character. Trying to avoid that. But you're also trying to set up different patterns and you can see them very small here, different patterns on your mat so that you can remove those tokens from your mat because you do not want tokens on your mat. And when you remove them, you give them to the player on your left. And at the beginning of the next round, that player must add them to their bag along with some other tokens. It sounds very abstract, and in many ways it is, but it is just such an interesting puzzle to go through. And there's, there's a push-your-luck element of like when do you try to uh, manipulate and move around these tokens so you can remove them versus when you draw more from your bag. Um, that timing aspect feels so good, deciding like when to use those abilities, when to keep drawing, which patterns to go after accomplishing, and even which tokens to remove at certain times, because certain to tokens are better to remove than others. Bullet is a, a fantastic puzzly game. It's really even, I would say, one of the best dueling games I've ever played, because it's, you, you are directly competing against another player, but in the moment, you're acting simultaneously, and you're not hurting them in the moment. You're only hurting them... Uh, for the next round you're adding more tokens to their bag for the next round so you get to see as you have like piled up you've accumulated all these tokens that were on your mat you're piling them up in front of you that your opponent has to add to their bag for the next round i just had a blast playing this i've been thinking about it ever since i played it i can't wait to play it again at uh, even to higher player counts too because you're always just passing those tokens to the left so you're kind of dueling the player to your left um yeah, I can't say enough good things about Bullet. I can't wait to try the other characters too because they're, they're all asymmetric. They have asymmetric decks and asymmetric abilities. Bullet, 
um, as my number six favorite game of 2022. And I can't wait to play it more in 2023. At number five is Living Forest. Another game that was widely available in 2022, but did come out a little bit earlier than that. Living Forest is another push-your-luck game where you're drawing cards from the top of your deck. It's a deck-building push-your-luck game. You're drawing cards from the top of the deck until you decide to stop. And you're using the resources on those cards to take either one or two actions that round. Take two actions if you didn't bust during that, that card draw phase. You're taking one action if you did bust. And this is a great way, I think, to do push your luck. Quacks of Krenlenburg does it as well, where uh, even if you bust, you still get something very good that moves your game forward, but there's still a strong incentive not to bust uh, in, in, um, in Living Forest. Um, yeah, I, I, I talk about it in much more detail in, in a video that I have about it, but I love that push your luck, push your luck element of the game. Uh, there's decision, there's different engine building things that you're doing. You're gaining permanent icons that you can permanently use for the rest of the game for resources. You could add cards to your deck. Um, and there are three different, if I'm remembering correctly, I believe there are three different win conditions. One related to planting trees, one related to having a certain uh, amount of a, of a resource, a lotus, uh, available to you or created that round when you were drawing cards. And I'm forgetting the last one right now, but there's, oh, the, the fire tokens. Um, there's, a, there's removing fire tokens is another way to, to trigger the end of the game. It's a, it's a really, really fun push your luck game with deck building in it. I highly recommend Living Forest. That's my number five favorite game of 2022. And number four is another very recent game that I love. I, I've constantly been thinking about the mechanisms from this game because they're so much fun. And that is Lands of Galazir. This is a persistent non-campaign game which I think is a brilliant twist to the, to the traditional campaign format where the world is evolving, the characters in this game are evolving, but I don't need to play those characters. I don't need to play this game every time I get to the table. Um, and we can have other people come in and play with us anytime that we want to, uh, to continue to evolve the world and evolve the characters in that world. I, I think that's brilliant. That, that It has that sense of uh, progression and persistence without requiring the same players to play every time and really without having a, a set beginning or end to the campaign. We'll just continue to play as the world evolves and the characters evolve over time. The game also features, I don't know, beautiful art, fun characters, fun writing, a great, I don't want to say an app because it's not, it's not an app, but it's a, it's a web-based storybook that you can download so it's not even web-based if you don't want it to be. Beautiful dice. It's a great skill test system. I think it's a really clever skill test system where you know some information about the skill test. You know uh, if it's going to be really, really hard to complete the skill test with a, a certain type of skill or easier with another one. But you don't have full information about it. You're not completely going after numbers. You're just kind of doing the best you can based on some information that you have. I've had a blast playing this so far, and I, I really look forward to playing more Lands of Galzir in 2023. That's my number four favorite game of this year. At number three, this top three was really difficult. Even, even Gilanza Gazi, I really enjoyed that. I mean, that could easily have been um, anywhere in this top four. But Cat in the Box is one of my most played and favorite games of 2022. This is a trick-taking game where the cards don't have suits, and you define the suit for that card when you play it. So you have a seven and you say, okay, this is a blue seven. And then from then on, you mark that on the box. You use a little token to put a little token on that blue seven to say like the blue seven has been played this round. Um, and you're doing this for a few different reasons. One, you're trying to win tricks. Uh, tricks 
are, are, are worth points in general, uh, unless you, you do something specific, unless you paradox. Um, and you're also trying to bid on how many tricks that you'll win. And if you bid correctly, so if I say, I think I'm gonna win two tricks this round, um, and you successfully do that, then you actually get to look at the position of your tokens on the board and you find the biggest group, you find the biggest group of connected tokens and you get one point for each token in that group. Um, so it's a clever, it's a little bit of an abstract element to it that incentivizes you to get exactly what your bid was. All the while, you're trying not to paradox. And a paradox happens if the cards in your hand have essentially already been played. So if I have a, a seven and a five left in my hand, but the, there's already a red seven that's been played, a red blue that's been played, a red uh, yellow and a red green, and or I have said at, at a certain point in the round that I no longer have yellow cards, even if there's a yellow seven available out there, I've already told everyone I don't have any yellow cards in hand, and so I don't have any yellow cards in hand, and I can't play that yellow seven. And so I, I would paradox. I would end the round, and if you paradox, you lose points for every trick that you've taken that round instead. Again, it's one of those games that doesn't really make all that much sense in the first round. You have to play through a round to get it. But once you get it, it's such a clever, fun, sneaky, trick-taking game. Uh, actually, no, sneaky isn't the right word, but kind of whimsical, I think, is the right word. Because you are playing cards without suits, and you are declaring that they have suits, and you're saying to all other players, I don't have any more blue cards, even though none of the cards in your hand have any blue on them at all. It's such a fun game. Cat in the Box, I highly recommend it. That's my number three favorite game of 2022. I don't own either of my top two games, except uh, one that I'll mention in a second. Uh, at number two, I have the Guild of Merchant Explorers. This is a essentially a game of exploration, but exploration that's very abstracted onto a map. You are building out this map on your table, uh, on the table uh, with tokens and, over multiple rounds. And it's a simultaneous game where, where you have a card that comes up and it says like, you have to put some tokens on mountains this round or this turn. And so all players will put some tokens on mountains, but they'll put them on different mountains. So you're doing this at different times on your own individual map, and players will end up building out their maps in very different ways. And one of the biggest hooks of this game, other than the simultaneous play, which I really, really love, and other than the different maps, because there are, I believe, four different maps in the base game that you can use. One of the big hooks is that at the end of the round, anything, um, any cubes on your board are wiped away. There are only a few certain types of tokens, I think they're called outposts maybe, that, or maybe they're cities, I think they're cities, that remain on your map. And so everything else is wiped away. It's, it, it's a, essentially a clean slate. And so you're building towards these permanent tokens so that you have that sense of permanence in the game, but you also have this sense of refreshing and resetting that, uh, that can give you a new, new start at the beginning of the next round. I think that's really clever. I haven't seen that in many games where, where rounds are used to reset major things that you've built over the course of the round, but, and yet you still have a strong sense of progression and completion in the game. I, I had a blast playing it. When Megan and I got this game to the table, there was a weekend where we just played it over and over again. We play a game, we play another one. Because it plays fast, it plays smooth, it's simultaneous, so you're always doing something. And uh, the order in which the, the cards come out, like so if a card comes out and says mountains at the beginning of the round, that will have a different feel than if the mountains cards card comes out at the end of the round. And you're also adding new variable cards to that display over the course of the round. Um, 
Oh, really? It's not. It's, actually, it's it's your personal display that you're adding cards to. So there will be a card that comes up that says uh, activate your special unique card for this round, and you have your own special unique card. So even though it's still simultaneously simultaneous, you have your own special card that uh, that connects with that that card that comes out. Uh, watch my video on it because it's it's a really really cool game. I can't wait to play more of it. The Guild of Merchant Explorers. I would gladly play this game at any time. It's a wonderful game. I have two games for my number one pick. One of them that I won't spend much time on is Ark Nova. And I won't spend much time on it because Ark Nova was my number two game of 2021. Um, I got the game then. I probably shouldn't have put it on my top 10 list then because it wasn't widely available at that time. But I was so enthused by it that I ended up putting it on that list. Um, I, lo I loved Ark Nova. It would, be not my, it would be my number game, number one game of 2022 if I had played it for the first time in 2022. But I played it a couple times last year. I love the game though and I wanted to mention it here. I know it's on most uh, many people's list for 2022 because that's when they got it to the table for the first time. I love this game. Um, I, I have a whole video where I talk about how much I love, I love this game. Not just a favorite mechanism video, but like a, a 10 things I learned about Ark Nova or learned about game design from Ark Nova. Great, great game. However, because I already put that on my list from last year, I have a different game for my number one game of 2022, and that game is Planet Unknown. This is another simultaneous play game. That seems to be a theme here. Maybe I should, maybe I need to consider designing a simultaneous game because I am, I am loving the style of play. Uh, yeah, Living Forest has it. Bullet has it. Guild of Merchant Explorers has it. Planet Unknown has it. Yeah, lots of lots of simultaneous play here. In Planet Unknown, it is a polyomino game where you have a planet, either a set planet that everyone else has or an asymmetric planet, which I haven't delved all that much into, and yet I've still really, really enjoyed the game. There's one player who turns um, this kind of turntable of polyomino tokens to orient them, uh, to, to orient a certain slot for, uh, for tiles that they want to select that round, and they will choose one of those tiles from this turntable, and then every other player will be seated in such a way that they are oriented with one of the other sections of the turntable, and those are the, t the, are the, are the tiles that they can pick from. They have to pick one of those tiles and put it somewhere on their planet. And when you put that tile on the planet, you gain two benefits right away. You gain you get to move up two tracks on your on your uh, on your engine building board. I believe it's called your corporation board. All these things that I just described are things that I love. I love polygominoes. I love simultaneous play. I love double rewards in games. I love engine building. It is so satisfying to play Planet Unknown. Um, and there's hardly any downtime at all because of that simultaneous play. So even though you have really interesting decisions that you're making throughout the game, all players are doing that at the same time. And uh, it means there isn't a lot of interaction in the game, but I don't care at all. I, I don't think every game needs to have a ton of player interaction. In this game, it offers such a fun puzzle as you're trying to determine where to put your polyomino tile on your map to get uh, the most points to move your engine forward, to decide which order you want to build your move your engine forward. It has a, a little bit of a feel of tapestry in that way. And that anytime you play, you might say, okay, this is, this is the track that I'm really going to push up this game uh, first. And that will have a vastly different impact on your game as if you had moved up a different track instead uh, or prioritized one track over another. And those tracks, again, are tied to the different colors on the tile that you place in your in your planet. So it's really triple bonuses because you're filling up your planet you and then you're also getting two different benefits as a result. I love this game. Planet Unknown is so much fun. I would gladly play it at any time. I really look forward to exploring the asymmetry in the game because I haven't explored that all that much. And yet I'm still having a blast with the basic planet in the game. I think that says a lot of how, how much fun this game is. I highly recommend trying it if you get the chance. 
Um, yeah, Planet Unknown is my number one favorite game of 2022. I've talked for a long time here now. I'd love for you to talk now in the comments. Let me know your top three or your top five or even your top 10 favorite games of 2022, uh, games that were released or widely available in 2022. I'd also love to hear your thoughts in the other categories, your favorite digital game that you played this year, your favorite um, favorite expansion from 2022, your favorite Stonemaier game that you played this year, if you'd like to share that. Uh, yeah, let me know your thoughts in the comments below. And also maybe the, number, the uh, 2023 release that you're most excited about and uh, any games from 2022, any big games that, uh, that you didn't get to play, but you're excited to play in the near future. Anything you want to share in the comments below, I look forward to hearing from you there. All right. I hope for more fun gaming experiences in 2023. I'll see you then. Bye.